Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul is thirsty, Lord. Lord, I declare the thirst of my soul to know you this morning. Every morning as I come into your presence, my heart desires to know you more and more. On through the day as I ponder on your faithfulness, as I see your glory and your grace, my heart yearns to know you more and more. And so, Father, this morning I say receive all glory. Uh, this morning I worship you. I worship the beauty of your holiness. I worship the splendor of your love. I admire the love that you shared for us when you gave us your only begotten son, Jesus, to die for our sins. Father, I say thank you. Thank you because indeed your love is great. Your love is splendid. Your love is excellent. And it saved me. Father, I say thank you. Thank you for this grace to be able to worship you this morning. To be able to call you my God. To be able to call you Father. Lord, I say thank you. It's a great privilege. Lord, I say thank you. This morning, I say thank you for the things that you do. Lord, you are the one who can still the tempest. You are the one who can open a door no one can shut. And when you close a door, no one can open it. I worship you this morning in the beauty of your holiness. I worship you just for who you are. Ah, Jesus, I love you. And so once again, we have come into your presence. Lord, we have come to learn. We have come to read the word. We ask, Lord, this morning, help us to uh, retain your word. Help us to become doers of it. And let your name alone be glorified in our lives. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right. It's a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening to everyone joining into our podcast, our devotional this morning. I am Murphy Eye Nike sharing devotion with you. Okay. We take our last three chapters of the book of Second Kings today. It would have been nice to do this in two days, but I want us to finish the book today. So we take chapters 23, 24, and 25. So chapter 22, we saw that Josiah found the book of instruction in the temple. And when it was read to him, yes, they tore their clothes. (laughs) And so chapter 23, um, Josiah would try to provoke uh, religious revival and reforms in the land. So what is clear was that there was no book of instruction, right? That was what was going on during the time of Manasseh, during the time of Ammon, his son. Uh, it was clear that there was no book of instruction. The word of God was not was not present for people to learn and to follow. So this is what I have learned in my own life. Every time I read the word of God, I'm telling you, 
it's it I'm, i just find it so easy overcoming temptation i find it easy to be in the presence of god i it's as if it's it's like the fuel of my spirit so reading the word of god is so crucial the bible also tells us that look uh, david was speaking he said how will a young man keeps his way pure before the lord he said by paying attention to the word i find the same thing in my life and i can tell you uh, please pay attention to the word the word of god is so important for a nation here they were going to go into exile because they had ignored the word so yes we'll read chapter 23 we'll see all everything josiah would try to do you know but um, god had made up his mind manasseh was terrible i say again manasseh was terrible God has made up his mind. You guys are going into exile. Okay? So we will see the account of his son Jehoiakim and Zedekiah and everything that they would they would do in trying to rebel against the king of Babylon. And then another lesson I learned. Uh, did you notice that Israel aligned with Assyria <laughs> to fight against Judah? And Assyria was the one that carried them into exile. And Ezekiah himself, you know, brought people from the envoy took the envoy from from babylon to see everything that has happened in and that was happening in his kingdom and everything in the treasury and it was babylon that eventually carried them off to exile so what is the lesson there <laughs> stop opening your house to the enemy hmm. please get your bibles let's finish this one uh, then the king verse one second kings 23 then the king summoned all the elders of judah and jerusalem and the king went up to the temple of the lord with all the people of judah and jerusalem along with the priests and prophets all the people from the least to the greatest there the king read to them the entire book of the covenant that had been found in the lord's temple the king took his place of authority beside the pillar and renewed the covenant in the lord's presence he pledged to obey the lord by keeping all his commands laws and decrees with all his heart and soul in this way he confirmed all the terms of the covenant that were written in the scroll and all the people pledged themselves uh, to the covenant i remember the first time when i read this i was like god so why didn't you you know at least help you know, forgive the land the people too repented now why didn't you forgive the land what i'm telling you ah manasseh was terrible eh? ah if the bible says he filled jerusalem with blood from one end to the other and i'm telling you when that happens to a nation uh, uh, disaster is is right at the corner at the, and and we pray for our nation nigeria too eh? <laughs> uh, no when blood is being shed like that hmm, the blood of the innocent will continue to cry you know so yes uh, josiah gets the people to to really uh, pledge themselves to the covenant but forces then the king instructed Ilkiah, the high priest and the priest of the second rank and the temple gatekeepers to remove from the lost temple all the articles that were used to worship baal asherah and all the powers of the heaven obviously this was they were brought in during the time of manasseh the king had all these things bond outside jerusalem on the terraces of the kidron valley and he carried the ashes away to Bethel. yes so <laughs> he will he will be the final person who will destroy all of these things he did away with the idolatrous priests uh, who had been appointed by the previous king of judah for they had offered sacrifices at the pagan shrine throughout judah and even in the vicinity of jerusalem so again josiah is the first king 
who would do away with the idolatrous priests. So some of the kings would take away the high places or the pagan shrine, but they will leave the the ashra poles. They will leave something that will still just lead the person, the people to commit to continue to commit sin. But in Josiah's case, Josiah was very very thorough. He says he destroyed all the all the all the idolatrous priests. You know, um, wiped them out. We used to offer pagan. Um, offer sacrifices at the pagan shrine uh, throughout Judah, even in the vicinity of Jerusalem. It says they had also offered sacrifices to Baal and to, and to the sun, the moon, the constellations, and to all the powers of the heaven. The king removed the Asherah pole from the Lord's temple and took it outside Jerusalem to the Kidron River, where he burned it. And then he ground the ashes of the pole to dust and threw the dust over the graves of the people. Hmm. He also tore down the living quarters of the male and female shrine prostitutes that were inside the temple of the Lord, where the women wove coverings for the Asherah poles. In other words, one thing you cannot take from Josiah, that he was very thorough. And I'm telling you, as a young Christian, it was the reason why I was like, God, but this guy tried now. God said yes. Uh, what I got there was that I had mercy on him, and he. <laughs> I'm not sure there was any king like like Josiah. Yes, his guy was good, but Josiah was in his own class. Josiah brought to Jerusalem all the priests who were living, who were living, who were living in other towns of Judah. He also defiled the pagan shrines where they had offered sacrifices all the way from Geba to Beersheba. He destroyed the shrines at the entrance to the gates of the gate of Joshua, the governor of Jerusalem. This gate was located to the left of the city of the city gates as one enters the city. The priests who had served at the pagan shrine were not allowed to serve at to serve at the Lord's altar in Jerusalem, but they were allowed to eat unleavened bread uh, with the other priests. So yes, so it means that the priests that were serving in all these pagan shrines, majority of them were Levites. Ha! What a big shame. A lot of majority of them were Levites. Mm? Since then, the king defiled the altar of uh, Tophet in the valley of Ben Hinnom. So no one could ever again use it to sacrifice a son or daughter in the fire as an offering to Molech. So, like I said, Molech, worshipping Molech was a terrible one because the only way to really please this God was to offer your son or your daughter as sacrifice. And this is what the children of Israel was doing. They, they, they were doing. 11. He removed from the entrance of the Lord's temple the horse statue that the former king of Judah had dedicated to the sun. They were near the quarters of Nathan Melech, in the eunuch, an officer of the court. The king also burned the chariots dedicated to the sun. Josiah tore down the altars that the king of Judah had built on the palace roof above the upper room of Ahaz. So, I'm sure you have not forgotten Ahaz, right? He was the one who married one of... Um, Jezebel's daughter, and I'm telling you, uh, that also led him into idolatry. Yes, he had, 
he had an altar on the roof. He said, Josiah tore down the altar that the kings of Judah had built on the palace roof above the upper room of Ahaz. The king destroyed the altars that Manasseh had built in the two courts of the Lord's temple. He smashed them to bits and scattered the pieces in the Kidron Valley. The king also desecrated the pagan shrine east of Jerusalem to the south of the Mount of Corruption. <laughs> yes, this were, this were the one that Solomon built. It says, the south of the Mount of Corruption, where King Solomon of Israel had built shrines for Ashtoreth, uh, the detestable goddess of the Sidonians, and for Shemosh, uh, the detestable god of the Moabites, and for Molech, the vile god of Ammon. I want you to notice the, the unique word that the Bible used for each of these gods, for Ashtoreth, the, the the detestable god of Sidonians, Shimbach, the detestable god of Moab, but for uh, for Molech, says the vile god of of Ammon. But I'm telling you, these were the things that Solomon instituted. Uh, so this was, in my own opinion, this was literally in my in my own mind. Josiah was like the last king, <laughs> the last king of Israel. You know, yes, he had uh, uh, sons. You know, Jehoiakim and the rest. You know, but I'm telling you, up till him, imagine the number of kings that have come and gone. Nobody was ever able to deal with this problem once and for all. But yes, Josiah does it. He smashed the sacred pillars and cut down the Asherah poles. Then he desecrated these places by scattering human bones over them. Remember? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, that prophecy that that prophet made. The king also turned down the altar of Bethel, the pagan shrine that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had made when he, when he caused Israel to sin. He burned down the shrine and ground it to dust, and he burned the Asherah pole. Then Josiah turned around and noticed several tombs in the side of the hill. He ordered that the bones be brought out and he burned them on the altar at, Beth- at Bethel to desecrate it. Uh, this happened just as the Lord had promised through the man of God, who Jeroboam stood beside the al- uh, when Jeroboam stood beside the altar at the festival. Then Josiah turned and looked up at the tomb of the man of God, who had predicted these things. What is that monument over there? Josiah asked. And the people of the town told him, it is the tomb of the man of God, who came from Judah and predicted the very things that you have just done to the altar at Bethel. Josiah replied, leave it alone. Don't disturb his his bones. So they did not burn his bones or those of the old prophet from Samaria. So you see the reason why that old prophet asked that he be buried with this young young prophet, right? Yes. (laughs) Maybe they knew that this was going to eventually happen. Then Josiah demolished all the buildings at the pagan shrines in the towns of Samaria just as he had done at Bethel they had uh, been built by the various kings of Israel and had made uh, the Lord very angry. He executed the priests of the pagan shrine on their own altars and he burnt human bones on the altar to desecrate them. Finally, he returned to Jerusalem. So like I told you as a young Christian, I was like, God, this guy tried now. Why, why, why did you not at least turn from your fierce anger 
verse 21, King Josiah then issued this order to all the people. You must celebrate the Passover to the Lord your God as required in this book of the covenant. Uh, there had not been a Passover celebrated like that since the time when the judges ruled in Israel, nor throughout all the years of the kings of Israel and Judah. Uh, but in the 18th 18th year of King Josiah's reign, this Passover was celebrated to the Lord in Jerusalem. Josiah also got rid of the mediums and psychics, the household gods and uh, the idols and every other kind of detestable practice, uh, both in Jerusalem and throughout the land of Judah. He did this in obedience to the law written in the scrolls that Ikiah, the, the priest, had found in the Lord's temple. Never before had there been a king like Josiah, yes, so never before had there been a king like Josiah who turned to the Lord with all his heart and soul and strength, obeying the laws of Moses, and there was never there has never been a king like him since. Even so, the Lord was very angry with Judah because of all the wicked things Manasseh had done to provoke him. For the Lord said, I will also banish Judah from my presence just as I have banished Israel. And I will reject my chosen city of Jerusalem and the temple where my name was to be honored. The rest of the events in Josiah's reign and all his deeds are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. While Josiah was king, Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, went to the Euphrates River to help the king of Assyria. King Josiah and his army marched out to fight him, but King Necho killed him when they met at Megiddo. Josiah's officers took his body back in a chariot from Megiddo to Jerusalem and buried him in his own tomb. Then the people of the Lamb anointed Josiah's son. Jehoahaz and made him the next the next king. Jehoahaz was 23 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem three months. His mother was Amutal, the daughter of Jeremiah from Libna. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestors had done. And this was very terrible, right? Jehoahaz, I don't even know who who gives their children those. Why will I add Ahaz, you know, to to my to, to the name of my child, you know? But what happened? Josiah just, you know, succeeded in reading the land of idolatry, you know. Maybe this boy was angry. Okay, my father was serving God, but God still allowed him to die anyway. So why should I, why should I bother? He says that what he did, what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor had done. But you see that there was no clear reference either to the, to the, to the nation before in the land or to Israel or to any other person. Pharaoh Necho had put Jehoahaz in prison at Ribia in the land of Amat to prevent him from ruling. In Jerusalem, he also demanded that Judah pay 7,500 pounds of silver and 75 pounds of gold as tribute. Pharaoh Necho then installed Eliakim, another of Josiah's son, to reign in, pl in place of his father, and he changed Elias king's name to Jehoiakim. Jehoiakim was taken to Egypt as a prisoner where he died. In order to get the silver and gold demanded as tribute by, by Pharaoh Necho, Jehoiakim collected a tax from the people of Judah, requiring them to pay in proportion to their wealth. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he became king and he reigned in Judah 11 years. His mother was Zebida, the daughter of Pedahiah from Rumah. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight 
life just as his ancestor has done so yes we are reading their histories now and it's quite it's quite amazing that look you will you will see a good king and you will see good things happen in their time and then you decide to follow the bad king quite terrible anyway so chapter 24 says during jehoiakim's reign king nebuchadnezzar of babylon invaded the land of judah jehoiakim surrendered and paid him tribute for three years but then rebelled then the lord sent bands of babylonians arameans moabites and ammonites raiders against judah to destroy it just as the lord had promised through his prophets uh, this disaster happened to judah because of the lord's command he had decided uh, to banish judah from his present because of the many sins of Manasseh. So you see, Manasseh had become a reference point, just like uh, Jeroboam was was a reference point and Solomon was a a reference point. Manasseh, yes, had now become the new reference point. I'm telling you, there was nobody like Manasseh. Manasseh did idolatry like no other. He says, uh, who had, verse 4, who had defied Jerusalem with innocent blood. uh, the Lord would not forgive this. In other words, it wasn't even just the idolatry that God really was so angry about. It was the innocent people that were just being killed, offered, you know, to these idols that that really provoked God. That God decided that He was not going to forgive. Verse five says the rest of the events in Jehoiakim's reign and all his deeds are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. When Jehoiakim died, his son Jehoiachin uh, became the next king. The king of Egypt did not venture out of his country after that, for the king of Babylon captured the entire area formerly claimed by Egypt, from the brook of Egypt to the Euphrates River. Jehoashin was 18 years old when, the, when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem three months. His mother was Nehushta, the daughter of El Natan from Jerusalem. Jehoashin did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as his father had done. During Jehoashin's reign, the officers of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came up against Jerusalem and besieged it. Nebuchadnezzar himself arrived at the city during the siege. Then King Jehoashin, along with the queen mother, his advisors, his commanders, and his office officials, surrendered to the Babylonians. In the eighth year of Nebuchadnezzar, reign, he took Jehoashin prisoner, as the Lord had said beforehand. Remember what God told Ezekiah, right? Yes, Nebuchadnezzar carried away all the treasures from the Lord's temple and the royal palace. He stripped away all the gold objects that King Solomon of Israel had placed in the temple. King Nebuchadnezzar took all of Jerusalem captive, including all the commanders and the best of the soldiers, craftsmen and artisans, 10,000 in all. Only the poorest people were left in the land. Nebuchadnezzar led King Jehoashim away as a captive to Babylon along with the queen mother, his wives and officials, and all Jerusalem's elites. He also exiled 7,000 of the best troops and 1,000 craftsmen and artisans, all of whom were strong and fit for war. Then the king of Babylon installed uh, Mataniah, Jehoiakim's uncle, as the next king, and he changed Mataniah's name to Zedekiah. Zedekiah, verse 18, was 21 years old when he became 
became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 11 years. His mother was Amotal, the daughter of Jeremiah from Libna. Yes, this is the second time they are mentioning this woman's name. The daughter of Jeremiah from Libna. But Zedekiah did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as Jehoiakim had done. These things happened because of the Lord's anger against the people of Jerusalem and Judah, against uh, until he finally banished them from his presence and sent them into exile. As Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon, so I don't know what entered his Edo, but he rebelled against the king of Babylon. All right, let's read the final chapter of the book of Second Kings, Second Kings chapter 25. I don't know about you, you can see again and again the Bible will say, God. Ah, because of what had been done, God was punishing the land. And I'm telling you that it happens that where you see something is happening in the land because of what people had done, those who came before. And as a child of God, you always have to be careful that what you are suffering for, where you are staying, the nation you are staying, the area you are staying, okay, is not the result of the things that have happened in the past. God is saying here, that he does not overlook uh, the shedding of innocent blood so uh, casually or lightly. Very important. All right, so let's take Second Kings chapter 25. So on January 15, during the ninth year of Zedekiah's reign, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon led his entire army against Jerusalem. Remember, he just captured, killed Jehoiakim, right? Took him to Babylon and he died there, you know. And his son Jehoashin had been had been had been king before uh, this man took over, you know. But Zedekiah then rebelled, and then of course the king of Babylon had to come back again, led his entire army against Jerusalem. They surrounded the city and built siege ramps against its walls. Jerusalem was kept under siege until the eleventh year of King Zedekiah's reign. So for two years, by July 18, in the eleventh year of Zedekiah's reign the famine in the city had become very severe and the last of the food was entirely gone then a section of the city wall was broken down since the city was surrounded by the babylonians the soldiers waited for nightfall they waited for nightfall and escaped uh, through the gates uh, between the two walls between behind the king's garden then they headed towards the jordan valley but the babylonian troops chased the king and overtook him on the plains of jericho for his men had all deserted him and scattered they captured the king and took him to the king of babylon at ribla where they pronounced judgment upon zedekiah they made zedekiah watch as they slaughtered his sons then they gouged out zedekiah's eyes bound him in bronze chains and led him away to Babylon. Quite terrible. On August 14 of that year, which was the 19th year of King Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard and an official of the Babylonian king, arrived in Jerusalem. He burned down the temple of the Lord, the royal palace, and all the houses of Jerusalem. He destroyed all the important buildings in the city. Then he supervised the entire Babylonian army as they tore down the walls of Jerusalem on every side. 
Wow. Then Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, took as exile the rest of the people who remained in the city, the defectors who had declared their allegiance to the king of Babylon and the rest of the population. But the captain of the guard allowed some of the poorest people to stay behind to care for the vineyards and fields. The Babylonian broke up the bronze pillars in front of the Lord's temple, the bronze water carts, and the great bronze basin called the sea, and they carried all the bronze away to, Bab to Babylon. They also took all the ash buckets, shovels, lamp snuffers, ladders, and all the other bronze articles used for making sacrifices at the temple. The captain of the guard also took at the incense burner and basins and all the other articles made of pure gold or silver. The weight of the bronze from the two, seas, from the two pillars, the seas, and the water cart was too great to be measured. Uh, these things had been made uh, for the lost temple in the days of Solomon. Each of the pillars pillars was 27 feet tall. The bronze capital on top of each pillar was seven and a half feet, half feet high and was decorated with a network of bronze pomegranates all the way around. Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, took with him as prisoner Serahiah, the high priest, Zephaniah, the priest of, of the second rank. Yes, not that name, Zephaniah. will read his own account of, of this period. And the three chief gatekeepers and from among the people still hiding in the city, he took an officer who had been in charge of the Judean army. Five of the king's personal advisors, the army commander's chief secretary, who was in charge of recruitment, and 60 other citizens. Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, took them all to the, to the king of Babylon at Ribla. And there at Ribla, in the land of Amath, the king of Babylon had them all put to death. So the king of Judah was sent in to exile from their land. Uh, then King Nebuchadnezzar appointed Gedaliah, son of Ahikam and grandson of Shaphan, as governor over the people he had left in Judah. When all the army commander and their men learned that the king of Babylon had appointed Gedaliah as governor, they went to see him at Mizpah. Uh, this included Ishmael, son of Netaniah, Johanan, son of Karia, uh, Serahiah, son of Tanhumet, uh, the Netophetite, Jezaniah, Jezaniah, son of um, Mahakatite, Ma and all their men. Gedaliah vowed to them that the Babylonian officials meant them no harm. Don't be afraid uh, of them. Live in the land and serve the king of Babylon, and all will go well for you, he promised. But in, the, in mid autumn, of that year, Ishmael, son of Netaniah and grandson of Eliashama, Eliashama, who was a member of the royal family, went to Mizpah with ten men and killed Gedaliah. He also killed all the Judean and Babylonians who were with him at Mizpah. Then all the people of Judah, from the least to the greatest, as well as the army commanders, fled in panic to Egypt, for they were afraid of what the Babylonians would do to them. Now, in the in the thirty seventh year of the exile of King Jehoashim of Judah, evil Merodach, 
ascendant ascended to the Babylonian throne, he was kind to Jehoashim and released him from prison on April 2nd of that year. He spoke kindly to Jehoashim and gave him a higher place than all the other exiled king in Babylon. He supplied Jehoashim with new clothes to replace his prison garb and allowed him to dine in the king's presence for the rest of his life. So the king gave him a regular gave him a regular food allowance as long as he lived wow all right so that completes the book of second kings i don't know about you but i have been blessed and i've learned so much i've learned from the life of a lot of the characters we have read about i've learned i've learned that look a nation can literally go into exile yes they can literally go into exile by their actions and that is what has happened to israel and eventually happens to judah um so some kings stand out right you know i'm sure no one will forget manasseh quickly no <laughs> you will not forget manasseh quickly but not too many you know good kings that you will not forget quickly i'm thinking i'm thinking josiah i'm thinking ezekiah i'm thinking uzziah wasn't too bad right Uzziah was also a good king, you know, but not too many good kings. You could point to, and literally all of them were from Judah, you know, from Israel. Israel, from beginning to the end, they were just bad kings, you know, who took the, the nation again and deeper and deeper into, into idolatry. No wonder Israel, you know, went into exile first. And I'm telling you, they were very, very bad bad kings, right? Right from Jeroboam's reign, I'm telling you, but some of them stand out. Jeroboam was, wow. Ahab, my God. And then Manasseh, ah, if I had to teach about how not to do leadership, uh, oftentimes I think of using using one of these three characters. They were they were terrible, and I think we can learn we can learn from their lives. We can learn from them. We can learn from the nation as a whole. Okay, you see, when Josiah found the book of instruction, he was able to provoke the nation to a revival, and I think that that is one part the word of god can play in our lives i don't know about you whenever i pay attention to reading the word of god and this is the one reason why i started you know this this study with us that we read the bible every day we meditate on the word very every day i'm telling you when you do you will find that worshiping god serving god is very easy i am praying for you today that the lord will wash over you you will not make the mistakes that the king of judah made here in the mighty name of jesus for anyone maybe you are listening under the sound of my voice and you are suffering for idolatry you are not the one worshiping idols own but your fathers have worshipped idols before you i pray because you have become a child of god god will separate you from that lineage in the mighty name of jesus i pray for you today and you will succeed in everything you do in the name of jesus father we say thank you we give you all the praise in jesus mighty name we have prayed amen all right thank you so much for listening the next time we will be speaking we'll be starting a new book the book of first chronicles all right god bless you Enjoy your day.